0: Hello and welcome to Virago Voices podcast. This is the fifth and final episode of Series 2 of Virago Health. This special final episode is dedicated to International Women's Day, which is on the 8th of March. More information to follow. Series 2 is entitled Topical Insights, And if you've been tuning in, you'll know that all of the episodes cover an issue which I think are topical, and they're covered by a guest speaker giving their expert insight. Each of the episodes share a common thread of impacting women and their access to healthcare. So for me, this week has been just strange. I've been on night shift, so I've basically, basically been nocturnal. I also had a week hiatus from podcasting as I've been working the last couple of weekends so ended up having a busy few days so apologies for not releasing this last week Um it's sad for me too I love podcasting but alas these things happen however to make up for it I have a super special episode in store. Last week, or last two weeks ago, we talked about domestic abuse and COVID-19 with the wonderful Becca Gilmore from the University of East Anglia. We discussed the harrowing topic of domestic abuse, with Becca defining domestic abuse, explaining what COVID has done to the rates of domestic abuse, and then at the end empowering us through how we can help the situation. The episode was pretty heavy and a difficult lesson I must admit but I thought it was essential to discuss these things and I hope that you agree. Again I had lots of positive feedback from the episode and even a question yay. So Victoria from the Midlands asked if Claire's law which we talked about in episode 4 applied to men too. What a great question and the answer is yes. Clare's law gives any member of the public, male or female, the right to ask the police if their partner, male or female, may pose a risk to them. So yes, it applies to men too. Gemma from Brighton gave me some feedback and said this was her favourite topic yet and she found that the long-term impacts of domestic abuse were very fascinating, particularly as her role as a teacher and how that can impact children. So yes, great feedback. And again, I love to hear from everyone who listens. This week, we have another special guest, Grace Carter, who is currently an A-level student studying geography, history and government and politics. She is incredibly passionate about breaking down barriers that young women face and she is a self-reported feminist who loves sharing the feminist message with others. What an amazing woman and a great young person to be coming and heading up the future generation. In this episode we will be discussing what feminism is, how it has evolved over the years and how we can all be feminists. We will also cover what International Women's Day is, what it means to us, and we'll celebrate one of the best days in the calendar, in my personal opinion. As usual, any questions, comments or feedback, please drop me a DM. So without further ado, I present to you, Virago Health on Feminism with Grace Carter. Hi Grace, how are you? Hi,
1: I'm good, thank you. How
0: are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm so excited we're doing this episode.
1: I know, I'm looking forward to it ever since we agreed Now I'm like, oh my god, I can't wait. I love it. <laughs> I love talking about women, I love talking about feminism, so it's perfect.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, we're going to have a, such a good discussion. Um, and yeah. thank you for coming on um, and, you know, talking about feminism with me. Yeah, no,
1: absolutely. Thank you for having me.
0: You've saved every listener having to ram- listen to my rambling. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, so um, I guess if we want to get started, um, we'll start off with what is feminism. Nice yeah. to you Start
1: us off. Yeah, so I mean, for me, feminism in its most most simple terms is just you know equality. It's just having everybody in the same place with the same opportunities and the same in you know, and the help that they need, and just putting everyone on that level playing field. In most simple terms, I think. Uh, for me, you know, I'm a very much a smash the panic patriarchy kind of gal. I think that we have to deconstruct this society where women are undervalued and oppressed, and these these gender roles that affect both men and women. Um, you know, this is both. I think this is both legally, and it's like you know, and through the societal structures and the kind of the the big uh, key things. But it's also about you know, the, just the attitudes towards women. I think a big part of um, feminism is changing the way in which we view on the way in which you talk about and present women I think that is absolutely key and I think you know for me also what's really super important is internet intersectionality you know if it's not for every woman it's not for any woman I think we've got to make sure that we're we care as much about black women and about disabled women about gay women as much as we do about ourselves and about straight white women I think that you know real feminism is feminism for everyone um so yeah it's just it's just i mean i love it i just think it's equality for everyone and and happiness and and hope for everybody and no one to be oppressed and to just to construct this system whereby men are innately more powerful and innately more respected
0: Yeah, oh my gosh. I love your passion. And there's so much in this that I want to like unpick. Um, because I think a lot of what you said was really, really um key. Um, firstly, yes, let's smash the patriarchy. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and I think what you said about gender roles affecting men and women is really, really integral. Um, I think the patriarchy, um, as we've said in episode one with Joe, talking about masculinity, the patriarchy benefits no one except a very small minority of of white middle class men. Um and I think, you know, what you said, saying, you know, gender roles affecting men and women is really important.
1: Yeah, completely. You know, what the biggest killer of men is I think it's like under 21 is suicide. I think that is completely down to the patriarchy and the way in which men are pressured to feel and look and behave in a certain manner. And actually that has Obviously, an incredibly negative effect on men and men throughout their life, but a negative effect on women, and that's where feminism really caters. for everybody, you know, we gotta, we have to deconstruct this idea that men and women are on opposite ends of a spectrum, and that they behave, you know, differently, and that they have to behave in a certain way um, to make them a man or to make them a woman.
0: Yeah, I think that leads us really into, in nicely into what you said about changing the way we present women and. Um, I just want to explore that a little bit more. So, you know, we're talking about men and, and the tragic rates of um, suicide in men. And I think a lot of that can be linked to the kind of way that society presents men as well. You know, they have to be strong and kind of not show their emotions. And women have to be emotional and cry all the time and um, be caring. And I think, you know, changing how we present both both genders is really important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think you're completely right that your men have to be strong women have to be subservient and men have to have six-packs and women have to have curves. But they also have to be skinny and they also have nice hair and nice skin and nice eyes and men have to have nice hair and they have to, you know, what, go to the gym. They have to have a good job. They have to be intelligent. They have to do well. And it's like, whoa, just take it back, take it back. You know, all everyone needs to be is content and happy and that's for everyone. So actually you don't need to have a tiny waist you don't need to have big arms. None of those things define you. They don't define whether or not you're a man or a woman. They don't at all. And yet that is such a big thing. And it's not even kind of obvious. It's very subtle. It's the women that we see in films, it's the men that we see in films, it's it's the people we see in on the TV and, and it's just everything like that. It's the fact that it's kind of I think diet culture is a big part of it about how it's kind of okay it's normal for women to often be dieting and men to be um, like bulking up and drinking protein shakes and things like that. And that those things that you wouldn't necessarily link to feminism and patriarchy are absolutely linked to it.
0: Yeah, no I diet culture can be in a whole episode on its own. Um, yeah I mean it's crazy the stuff you see on social media. Um, and the the warped images that you see, the photoshopped images of celebrities, then and now, and you know they've used this tea that essentially just is a laxative, and all of that is just insane. And you're so right; it's inherently tied in with patriarchy. Um, yeah, it's just crazy, um, really crazy. Um, and I guess what you've said, you know, these kind of unrealistic expectations for men and women really give give neither gender any room for for manoeuvre you know no room for failure no room for a spot or no room for a bad hair day
1: yeah yeah and it's like oh my gosh we're all human we don't all look perfect all the time and I think with the rise of TikTok which is huge with people my age and people younger it's so hard like I know for people who my sister my sister is um in year eight and she has this kind of idea that you know, your life has to be perfect. You've got to have a beautiful bedroom that's always completely tidy. I know my bedroom is not always completely tidy. <laughs> you know, you've got to have your hair done all the time. You've got to wear makeup to go to the shop. Like the people in my shop have seen me in my absolutely worst, like the absolute worst, you know. But this kind of social media perpetuated image of especially women just having it all and just having a very pristine life. And it's like, you're allowed to not have that. You're allowed to have, you know, a Bessie room and you need to and allowed to need to have a shower because your hair's a bit greasy and, you know, not have perfect nails and have, like, chip nail varnish, you know, that is completely allowed and actually you shouldn't feel like you're a failure for not being perfect.
0: Yeah, no, literally. And I think Instagram and, and Facebook and all the other kind of apps really tie into that as well. You know, they show you the exact, and we've talked about it before in the podcast, but they show you this perfect snapshot of someone's day, that's probably been taken like a million times at <laughs> yeah. the right angle, and
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And then you look at yourself in the mirror like when you accidentally open your front
1: camera <laughs> oh, it's the worst, I hate it. <laughs> especially my um Snapchat camera. I was like, Oh, I thought it look quite nice this like, morning. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> clearly not. To get like a bit out, live in a bin, but um, <laughs> you know, yeah, I think it's really hard, it's really hard, even for people like me. Like, I know that that's people's perfect worlds, I know that, Yeah, I still see it, I'm like, oh, they look nice, and I'm like, they've, I know that they've you know, put it all together and edited it, but st- even for me, I'm like, oh, that'd be nice, wouldn't it, if I had that, you know, look like that or whatever, it's, it's, it's amazing how much it just is ingrained.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I'm i completely the same, I look on Instagram all the time, I'm like, oh, look at their amazing life, and then I'm like, Tori, no, stop it, but yeah. it's just so difficult, it's so difficult to get out of that mindset.
1: Yeah, it really is. It's really, really hard.
0: Um, And you said about representation as well, and I think that's really important. Um, And that ties in nicely to the the quote that I loved from what you said was, if it's not for every woman, it's not for any woman. And I think that's just... I love it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I just think, you know, historically feminism has been for white women it's been for middle class women um but now it's it's absolutely not you know it's for everybody and actually we have to acknowledge that for me you know i'm straight i'm white i'm middle class so actually there's a lot of privileges that i have um that lots of people don't have and actually you know there's so many women across the world who are in such just dire conditions and yet you know we work for them and there's that quote and i can't remember who said it but it's I'm not free until every woman is free, however, different her shackles are from my own. I think that's just so true, is it? Because I know that millions of women and girls across the world are still facing just unspeakable uh, discrimination and violence, that for me, I'm like, the mission, in inverted commas, you know, that's not complete yet. And we have to work for everyone and use the fact that I have lots of privilege to help other people, you know, and acknowledge that and just, and I think it's just so important that we include everyone because I don't, for me, it's not real feminism. If it's not for everybody, I don't think that that's real, you know? No, I
0: totally agree. And I think, you know, people talk about our privileges and and people can get a bit of combative when you discuss privilege, Um, you know, with, with us being, you know, white women, we do have privilege and a lot of people are like, "No, no, no, we don't. And, um, it's just being able to harness that and to say, you know, I don't have the experience of a black woman, but I'm going to ensure that I'm working to help and listen. Um, And we were talking about earlier listening to people and finding their experience and, and asking them, what can I do to help?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's not a competition to see who's the most oppressed. you know, we're not trying to win of who's been discriminated against the most. We all have been. And, you know, we've all been discriminated on behalf, I'm on sorry, because of our gender, but you're absolutely right, it's just about listening and it's about taking what other people say and, and acting on that and just, you know, having these conversations, I think conversations are so important with, you know, all the women in your life and all the women who want in your life and look up to different women who don't look like you necessarily and just, just listen and absorb everything that they say and use that to kind of fuel your your feminism and channel your anger and you know enthusiasm into that
0: yeah absolutely and I think like I I said this for when I was talking about International Women's Day um the other day but you know we stand on the shoulders of of all the women that came before us and they've forged a path for us to walk on it's not as difficult to walk down because of them and I it's so beautiful we live in such a incredible legacy of of amazing women and and we need to we need to be the that
1: that path maker for the future generation yeah absolutely we have to you know honor all their sacrifices i think it's so easy to think oh we're so oppressed but you know even in this country you go back 100 years and people you wouldn't, wouldn't loads, of, loads of women would not have been able to vote and I think that's such a crucial thing and actually, you know, we just take that completely for granted and we have it's so important that women vote and that we just completely seize every opportunity we can because of those who sacrificed before us and because of those who weren't able to do all the things that we are able to do now and you know, we live in such an exciting time I really think that it's an exciting time to be a woman I absolutely do I just think there's so much for us to do and for us to conquer, if you like um, And we just, yeah, absolutely, we stand on the shoulders of those who've come before us. And we have to make up the next part of the pyramid by, you know, raising our shoulders up for the next generation to stand on completely.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And I I totally agree. I think we live in such an exciting time. And and people have the audacity to tell me that feminism isn't needed anymore. And I'm like, (laughs) why dare you? No, it
1: absolutely is. But it's just, yeah.
0: Um, I have a story about representation. I was in, um, I saw a little girl when I was in work the other day um, and she was talking to me. I was, you know, she was only seven and mm-hmm. uh, she was talking to me about what she wanted to do when she grew up. And, you know, she was, you know, childhood innocence where they're like, they think they can, well, children think they can do everything. Yeah. Um, and she was like, oh, well, you know, I might be like a superhero or a scientist. And I was like, oh, what about a doctor? And she was like, Oh, you know, I never even thought of that. Yeah. I think I'd make a great doctor. And then she was like, "Yeah, I think I'll be a doctor." And she was like, <laughs> asking "All these questions." And I was like, "This is why we need representation. This yeah. is why we need women before us that are are like, you can do this thing. You can you can be a doctor.'" And for her, you know, for the if that plants a seed in her head, that then she's going to aim for that when she goes up, and that's beautiful,
1: isn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. I love it. I just think you're so right. Representation is just... It's so incredibly important because the minute you see someone who looks a bit like you doing something that you just never even considered, you know... It's just, it's super important. And it's not even on, like, a huge scale of, you know, people in politics or things like that. It's exactly like that story, you know. It's people in your everyday lives who you would encounter. It's those people that I think make the biggest difference, you know. And, you know, I'm not slating people in power because there's some amazing women in power. There absolutely are. But I do genuinely believe that it comes from the people around us and actually they're the people who can inspire us and challenge and support us the most.
0: Yeah, and it can be grassroots. I mean, you don't have to have one person that inspires you. You can build a picture of, of someone, of a, of a kind of mix of amazing women who inspire you and taking little parts from all of their personalities and building it into this future woman that you want to be. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um.
0: um so, yeah, so you oh, just amazing. I'm having such a great time.
1: Um, <laughs> me too, me too.
0: <laughs> and moving on to another great topic, but um, can you tell us a little bit about how feminism came
1: about? So, um, I think there's three main waves of feminism. Um, The first one is the late 19th, early 20th 20th century. It's linked with the the suffrage movement, so, you know, uh, the Pankhurst family. Uh, It's also in the US, it's often linked with emancipation, so people like Harriet Tubman um, and, um, you know, breaking out of slavery. Um, I know, for, for certainly in the UK, it's overwhelmingly white, overwhelmingly middle class. Like I mentioned, the um, Pankhurst family, who were amazing, these cra- crazy icons, who were throwing rocks at windows and blowing up post boxes, but they were incredibly wealthy, and their her, um, Emily and Pankhurst's husband fully supported the cause, and so she was in a very, very, very privileged position. And um, so, kind of the first wave of feminism is it's incredibly important, and it gives us gives us the, the sorry the basic rights. You know, it gives us. The basic things that we need, the votes, and just a kind of an inch more respect, and just the first beginnings of ideas about actually maybe women and men aren't completely different, and actually women and men are perhaps more interchangeable and they shouldn't have such strict gender roles. But um, yeah, that's the first kind of big, big surge of feminism is is the suffragettes and the suffragists. Um yeah, and they are pretty cool. I love I love learning about them. Um but they are yeah overwhelmingly white middle class which I think is quite important to bear in mind. And then the second wave is like the from about the 1960s to the 1990s Um it's kind of like a rise of the new left it's Harold Wilson as a Prime Minister and in the 60s and it's all kind of you know hippie and peace and long life and you know it's all this kind of stuff and it fuses criticism of the patriarchy with criticism of capitalism and heteronormativity. It's all this kind of political activism is all bundled, bundled together with feminism. Um, it includes black women for the first time and, and working women. There's a slogan you know, of feminism is a class issue, which is completely true. Um, and there's, I think it's 1967, is the Abortion Act, where abortion is decriminalised, which is obviously an, an absolute milestone in women's rights. Um, and then there's the um, decriminalisation of homosexuality in the same year. And then the third wave is the most recent wave, so it's from the 1990s onwards. And it's kind of, I, I was Googling it, I didn't really like how it was described. It was kind of described as girly feminism and girl boss feminism. And I was like, excuse me, that's my wave of feminism. We don't need to describe it and try and, and try and diminish it by calling it girly, because I don't think that girly is an insult and that actually that's, you know, it, it's them kind of trying to. Um, saying it was a bit less important, but I think it's just as important, but it kind of combines body, autonomy, gender and sexuality and the, the kind of things ideas that the male gaze, which are a lot more modern um, but yeah it just then they started talking about girly feminism, I was like, hang on I'm, why are you trying to describe feminism as girly why have you chosen that word, I didn't like that but I think, yeah, perhaps it's less kind of legislation based, perhaps, or And lots of people are like, oh, you know, we don't need feminism anymore. I'm like, well, we definitely do. Um, But there, so this kind of most recent wave is the one we're currently in where it's just, it's much more about attitude and it's about kind of more nuanced things about being a woman, like the bodily autonomy and things like that. Um, So yeah, it's a brief history of feminism.
0: That was so good. Thank you. you. I like how you kind of um, divided it into, well, in the waves, but also kind of what exactly they targeted so yeah first we have amazing amazing um but they were very white middle class and you know that was only less than 100 years ago mm-hmm. so really not that long ago Oh, no. um, no, you know we got the boat which <laughs> is amazing and actually um I've been reading a really good book recently um, and I talked about it in the last episode but um it's called Square Hunting and it's all about women between the wars in London. And uh, it was it was a really good insight into what women were like um in London in the 1920s. And actually I learned that um, you know, contraception was only provided to women in like the 19 1920s, late 1920s, and it was it was only for you know middle class married women white you know it was there was a very class and 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 race divide in access to just simple condoms um because they were worried that anyone else would you know take their sexual liberties and you know and sleep around which was highly frowned upon at the time um so and that was that was only that was less than 100 years ago that you know that was the attitude that women were if They got access to condoms, they would just you know sleep around, and that's disgusting.
1: Yeah, it's I can't believe it. you can't believe that it's so recent. And you know, whoever suggested that access to contraception equals sleeping around, and, and also just us, so much drum pick with that. But you can't, you just can't believe how recent all these things were. It's, it's amazing. I know. Um,
0: yeah. my favorite, well, my favorite wave is obviously the third wave because we're in it, but the second of wave of feminism is. Just such a. I would have basically. I want to live in the sixties. I think if yeah. I go back to any era, it would be the sixties. sounded
1: so fun. <laughs> yeah, I think I would choose the sixties as well because I just think a mini skirts iconic. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but I just think you know it's the first time that we see women um being linked with with uh, race issues, with class issues, um, and just I feel like everything as a whole. Oh, wasn't it the just there's so much going on I just think it's amazing it's the, it's it's a breath of fresh air whereas obviously the first wave was incredibly important then without them we would be nowhere near in the position that we are now but the second wave just it feels so exciting it feels like it must have been such an exciting time yeah and you had the as you
0: said the abortion act and um the homosexuality act but also the 60s is when the pill was created I didn't know that. Yeah, the pill was created in the sixties and hasn't changed since. Um, I might add. But um, oh, really, I didn't know. I did not know that. Yeah, so that's when the pill was first invented and um, given to women. It was um, originally, actually, um, when it was made, it was made to suit the kind of Catholic Church, and um, <laughs> so that's why you have the pill break. Um, I talked about this in, in my pill episode, but um, you. you take the pill for three weeks and then you have, like, your seven-day break. And that was to basically, um, was it's said to have made, you know, the pill more acceptable to the Catholic Church. Um, yeah, obviously, they was a, a big um, governing body at the time. Um, and uh, obviously, that's
1: not changed since then. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I the influence of the church, is amazing <laughs> how much it influences even
0: contraception it's crazy yeah i know medicine um but yeah so the 60s oh gosh such a time and and yeah including black and working class women is just so integral to our fight for for equality yeah
1: completely completely
0: um but yeah i'm so i'm so with you on the whole girly thing i think calling third wave feminism girly um firstly infantilizes us because we're not Girls, we women. Yeah. Absolutely. We're not just silly children fighting for something that doesn't need to be fought for. It's a movement of strong women who, you know, want equality for for not just women, for everyone who's oppressed. Um, and I often describe third-wave feminism to people as kind of it's all these little things, like you said, it's that's our language around how we talk about women, um, and it's the way we look at women and so where we treat women um and you know things like saying man up is like
1: oh I don't like that yeah like that I remember one time we had this rugby coach come in to teach us girls rugby and he told us to man up and I was so angry I was like how dare you you know this is girls rugby we are you know we're tough and we're running into each other and you're seriously telling us to man up? I was not
0: happy. I you know. I um, I say woman up all the time and correct people when they tell me to man up. That's and insane. also, when people say grow some balls, I'm like, honestly, why would I really? want balls? I you know. They are so weak. We, you know, boys you so know, like, <laughs> I'm about their balls. You should grow some ovaries. That's what you should yeah, grow, grow a badass.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: yeah, so it's all the kind of... And, you know, people say to me, oh, my gosh, that's so pedantic. you said that. And I'm like, it's not. Because you're saying to man up, to the young girls, who are then saying,
1: oh, what's wrong with being a woman? You know? Yeah, and it's it, they are little things, you know, there's no denying that. But it seems like how, you know when women are called slags, or they're called frigid. what There isn't an equivalent for that for boys, you know, no, and that's that. in the school <laughs> environment, you know, and it's all those little things. Yeah, it's been told to man up, it's been called frigid it's all of those things, and they're very little. They just chip away, and they chip away at the idea of equality, and they just slowly break it down to that there is this just gap between men and women, and so, yes, on the surface, they might seem like little things, but really they can't, and they are just telling... Of wider society, because the fact that those are acceptable things just reflects the fact that we that's how we think as a society.
0: Yeah, and I think, do you know what? I think they build this is how I see it at least. But I think they build up and build up over your your you know, your formative years, your your youth until you reach puberty. And that's when, you know, we've we've seen with the Girls Attitude Surveys, with Girl Guiding, that by the time women and and boys and girls reach 13 or puberty boys are saying you know I want to be the president CEO whatever and girls are saying oh no I can't achieve that and that's because of all of these things come together and they hit this age and they're like oh no I'm not good enough I can't do this I'm not a man
1: yeah yeah
0: and that's a massive
1: feeling of our society Yeah, absolutely. It just completely reflects that. I just think the fact that, you know, you get to year year, uh, seven, you start secondary school and you get divided. Boys and girls do different P and you do separate sports. So you do netball and hockey. Don't get me wrong. I love netball and hockey. i played netball a lot, played hockey a lot, but I also played rugby a lot. And I didn't play rugby at school until we had that one guy who told us to man up. You know, that was the first time, the last time we played rugby at school. And you get separated and you just there is just such a feeling of, of well, you know, you can do anything you want, but you can do it as a woman. So you can be a female, you know, doctor, but you'll you'll be a female doctor. Or you can be a female, um, nurse, but a female nurse or a female CEO, but a female CEO. Whereas if it's a man, you'll just be a doctor or a nurse or a CEO. You don't have to have the gender in front of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's just, I don't know, it's just how society treats you then. I mean... I'm all for the stories today, <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, this is uh, makes me so angry every time I tell the story. But um, I was in work the other day and I we're quite an unwell patient and I was um, seeing them and I was with, the, it was a male patient, but I was with him for one whole hour mm-hmm. and I came into the room and I said to him, hi, I'm, sure I'm one of the doctors with him for an hour, came out, and then I was sitting like at the computer, like, typing up his notes, and um, the nurse came over to me, and he was like, oh, um, have you seen the patient? And I was like, yes, I was literally there with him for the last hour, oh, and the patient, apparently he, the patient said to the nurse that a doctor hasn't come to see me yet. Oh, and I was goodness. like, no, clearly a man's not come to say that yet. That's, that's the problem. Yeah. And I was like, that makes me so annoyed because I literally was, you know, yeah. it's just constant. Like, it's just like, will I ever, it's almost like, will I ever be good enough? Like, when will I not be called a nurse? When will I not be called something other than my role, which is a doctor, which I've told the patient at the start,
1: Believe you know, that's that. who I am. And oh, it's so, so frustrating.
0: Angry. Yeah, it's so frustrating because you like, it's yeah. You're you're female, as you said, you're female doctor, not just a doctor. Um, mm. and I even like typed into Twitter gifts the other day, like doctor, and all of the gifts came up were either men, or women, women in like white coats with like bras underneath, or like it's <sighs> like kissing men.
1: I oh, like, I can oh gosh. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just, just like, difficult. why are we doing that? And also, it's like. No one would like. I, don't, I think very few people would say women can't be doctors. I think that is a very small minority of people. Mm. But the amount of people who just presume that you're not a doctor, or just think, oh, they're yeah, It's not people who are actively anti-woman. It's people who aren't challenging things that society have told them, and that's most people. And you know, I do it a lot, and I have to unlearn everything, and you've got to be, I've got to be aware of that. But it's just so, so ingrained, and just you know, children, children are so young and they say things like, well, we'll play football, but the girls never played football with the boys in, like, year one, you know? And we weren't allowed to play Bulldog with them. And we had to fight our way into play Bulldog. Like, Mm -hmm. we loved Bulldog. It was a great game. Why were we... You know, these children are, like, five or six years old and they're just so young yet they think they're so separate and I just, yeah it's it's so ingrained and I just...
0: yeah and I think society would be so much better if that wasn't the case I think if everyone could unlearn all the things that society has drilled into them then our world would be a better place
1: we'd be so much happier everyone would just be so much more accepting and relaxed and I just think yeah you know we'd have Currently only half of the population are told that they can succeed. And if we had a hundred percent of the population told they would succeed, then we'd have a lot more people succeeding. Yeah. And a better population. It's not a competition between us and men. It's no we're all working together for a common goal. Yeah, and that's such a misconception, is that we hate men and that we think men are bad and evil, and it's like, no, that's not what we want. We just want to be, you know, starting at the same place. We just want to have the same opportunities and goals you know we're not looking to yeah like say beat them or win or you know get ahead it's just we want to be in the same place we want to just want to be equal that's all we want (laughs) that's actually let yeah let's do this
0: let's break down what people say about feminists um because yeah we don't hate we're not men haters we don't hate men at all we hate patriarchy but we don't hate men um We're not, well, I mean, a lot of people say angry feminists. And I do think we're angry, but with just cause.
1: I think we're allowed to be angry. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I mean, Mm. what's wrong with being angry? I always feel like Uh, female anger is made to seem the worst thing in the world. But actually, it's completely valid in this circumstance. Yeah, I think
1: if you're not angry, you're not listening. Like, I just think yeah i think i'm allowed to be angry at the fact there's more ceos called john than there are ceos that are women i think that i'm allowed to be angry about that you know i'm not angry at men i'm just angry at the patriarchy yeah yeah and i'm
0: angry that i'm called a nurse all the time yeah yeah <laughs> i
1: think that's um, completely justified <laughs> um burning our bras do we burn our bras <laughs> I I don't know, I remember when I did my, I did a speech, for my English speaking exam, I did a speech, and I said, you don't have to burn a bra to be a feminist, and I think that's completely true, you don't have to, but I don't like, for me, with bras, it's like, I don't like the fact that, A, they were created by a man, doesn't sit right with me, Mm. B, the fact that people wear them because they think they have to, I think if you wear them for the support or whatever, because you like to, go for it, absolutely go for it, but if you wear them because you think it would be weird not to, then yeah, burn it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's literally do what you want. Yeah, absolutely. It's just about freedom and choice. Yeah, genuinely. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do people say about feminine? Oh, yeah, we've all got hair, bodily hair. Oh yeah, I don't shave. Like,
1: and...
0: Doesn't everyone have bodily hair? I don't wear makeup and. <laughs> um, I mean, I shave primarily for comfort rather than anything. So... Else. But if you yeah. feel like you shave just because of society, then don't shave.
1: Yeah, it's, I get it. It's just down to what you want to do with your body. It's completely your choice. I love the feeling of having shaved legs on fresh sheets. Oh, me too. a lush feeling. Um, but, if you know, there's no, I don't think there should be any pressure at all to shave because that's what everyone on TV looks like and that's what men like. And it's like, no, just do what you like and what you want. Exactly. That's, yeah. Exactly.
0: I can't think of any more I, miss exactly. I think what else? Um, yeah, the makeup one. Yeah, wear makeup if you want to wear makeup. If you don't yeah. want to wear makeup, don't wear makeup.
1: Yeah, I get feminazi a bit. I don't get it as much as I used to, but I used to get it at school a lot. And I'd be like, "Hang on a second, oh where's that God. the GCSE history class? Are you were genuinely comparing me to the Nazis? Excuse me." I think that's so rude. It's
0: just, I one it's time. So rude. Yeah, no. Someone called me a feminazi, and I absolutely destroyed them. I mean, that sounds like <laughs> that, but that it's so rude. You know, you're comparing a movement that is for equality with a movement that was so against equality and it, uh, it's just not even... There
1: a was this, I know, it's just, I don't even know where it comes from, it just, oh, I don't know, there was this beautiful moment because there was this one lad who would call me from a Nazi lot and then one time my history teacher heard and he just exploded and I was like, this is just so karmic and he's like, you, you know, in Germany it's illegal to do the Nazis sling in the house. and I was like, he was just going off and on one and I was like, oh, beautiful. I was just that's what we need. So satisfying to see. Yeah, I haven't had Ferminati in a while, actually. No, I haven't. To be fair, I think perhaps people have grown out of it a little bit, but I used yeah, to get a, a lot.
0: Yeah, same, same. I always got that I was a lesbian.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've had that. Um,
0: we're not all, yeah, well, mm, it's, I mean, again, you know, being a feminist does not define your sexuality.
1: Yeah, completely.
0: So that's. Think, you know, you
1: yeah, and feminism works for all sexualities, so <laughs> I know. mean, yeah, it's, it's just, it's
0: just narrow mindedness, isn't it? Like, all yeah. women, all feminists are lesbians. Like, no, well, sorry, you can't say that about anything, like,
1: <laughs> yeah, d- no, yeah, completely. <laughs> I said, because like, why have you just, des- oh, I don't get it, I don't get why people think that they need to say things like that. I'm like, well, oh, okay, <laughs> thanks for sharing, thanks for sharing your opinion. Can we move on now? <laughs> yeah, this is very odd. Yeah, thanks for sharing, but
0: just don't do it again, please. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <but> no, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, well, as promised, um, we'll talk about International Women's Day. Um, well, first off, happy International Women's Day. Happy
1: International Women's Day to
0: you. And we were saying before we um, started recording how we often go to events on International Women's Day, but unfortunately this year, there's not really any events except for virtual. so sad. I know, so it's, sad. Actually it's the
1: best. It's ever. so much fun. You have all these women just buzzing and then, yeah, not so much, but it's okay. We'll be back next year.
0: Yeah, back next year. Back of the bang. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so did you want to talk a little bit about International Women's Day for people who... Yeah
1: don't know I don't know a lot about its history I know that it was 1910 that it was kind of set up and it was on the 8th of March and there are different themes each year and I just what I love about it is that we have you know it's feminism on this big international scale and everyone's looking at it and it's just for a day but everyone's looking at it and it's like you know it really I know people sometimes cringe at the sisterhood but I think I love the sisterhood and I think it's it's so prevalent on International Women's Day everyone just bands together and and yeah, just feminism is such a high profile and, and so much of the attention is positive attention was often we get kind of quite negative media attention, but International Women's Day is overwhelmingly positive. And yeah, just it makes me a bit emotional sometimes because I just think, oh, I love women so much. I love them banding together and being together and just, you know, just celebrating each other and celebrating each other's differences and celebrating everything that brings us to, celebrating everything that brings us together. But yeah, I just, I don't, I don't. I think the theme is this year. Is it choose a challenge or something like that?
0: Yeah. 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 Um, Actually, I think it's a great theme. Yeah, same. I I honestly, I completely agree with everything you said about <laughs> International Women's Day. I think it's it's such an amazing day. And, and you know, in saying International Women's Day, we're talking about anyone who defines a woman. Um, so, yeah. it, you know, it's not to do with sex, it's to do with gender. And mm-hmm. I just think, you know, the sisterhood is so incredible and I get so emotional thinking about the sisterhood because I'm like, we're all united by this one feeling of being a woman and that's just so beautiful it's so it is it's so beautiful I mean, it's just so incredible and when we come together and celebrate this it's just it's an amazing event and I wish we could do more of more, more of it because I think patriarchy so often um, p- pits us against each other and mm-hmm. International Women's Day is one of the, the few days we have that we all come together and yeah and focus on a on a theme. So yeah, choose to challenge is a great one this year. Um it's all about choosing to challenge gender stereotypes and um gender biases and um pushing towards gender equality, which I think is incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's all about what we're about. So um mm-hmm. yeah, it's a great it's a great one actually. Um I don't know, what do you, what's your choose to challenge this year?
1: Oh, it's hard. It's really hard. I suppose. I think for me personally, it's choose to challenge the fact that I always say that I can't do things. And so I'm learning to drive at the moment with my mum, and she's great. She's just amazing. But I've stalled in the middle of the road, and I'm like, she's like, okay, you need to get the car going. I can't do it. I can't do it. Right. Well, we're in the middle of the road. You stop the car, you're going to need to move. And I can't do it. I can't do it. And she's like, no, you have to. You have to do it. And it's that pushing that, I need so much and I'm so, I'm so easy to be like, it's so easy for me to say, oh, I can't do it. I won't do it. Um, so for me personally, that's what I choose to challenge. Um, my kind of self-doubt and I'm like, no, you can do it. You can get the car started and drive away. You have to, it's going to crash. Um, but no, I think, and then perhaps on a broader scale, I just think, Choose to challenge the idea. I think for me, a big thing is the perception of feminism. I really, that's very important. So choose to challenge the idea that we are all lesbians um, with long hair and don't wear any makeup and, um, you know, all of that. That's what I choose to challenge, I think, this International Women's Day.
0: Oh, I love that. I love the, um, you know, that you can do it, that attitude. I think that's really great. Um, For me this year, it's going to be choosing to challenge people's, you know, those little nuances that we were talking about you know people's language and and actually speaking up for feminism because I think I used to be very very vocal about feminism uh, and uh, and when I was 16 and onwards and and that's such an integral part of your life and um and I got shot down a lot and people were like, oh, you're just angry feminist um, who's you know, burns your bra and doesn't shave their legs. And I used to be like, oh my gosh, people think this of me. This is awful. Like, um, I better stop talking about feminism and correcting people. And now I'm like, Do you know what, I just don't care. Um, If people say things to me that I don't agree with, I'll just completely I'll just you know say I disagree or when people tell me to man up I'm like no sorry I want to I won't be doing that yeah <laughs> no thank you um yeah. and, and and sometimes it's really difficult to, to say that and to stand up for what you believe in and, and there's been lots of circumstances where I'm like oh I don't really agree but you know this is someone who's in a position of authority or something that so I can't really speak up but you know what, this, this year I'm, I'm choosing to challenge people's attitudes and, and regardless of um, who the person is to just correct them or disagree because um, I think it's so important.
1: Yeah, I love that. I think you're completely right. It's just just politely challenging or sometimes impolitely challenging if they're being rude to you I think you can say hang on a second don't be rude to me but no just say, just just you know c- c- politely calling people out when they said something like a man up and I say actually I won't be doing that um you know that just those little things I think that's yeah absolutely what makes the world the world a better place
0: yeah, and if someone calls you an angry feminist, you're
1: just like, yeah, well, yeah, I'm correct. a complete cause of an angry <laughs> feminist. Yeah, thanks, thanks for pointing out what a key part of my personality. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm um, excited to hear what everyone else who's listening to the podcast is doing for International Women's Day. Um, yeah. We'd definitely love to hear um, what you're doing and what everyone else is choosing to challenge as well. Yeah. Um, I think just setting yourself a little goal um, and working on it throughout the year um, is a really good place to start. You know, something as simple as not saying man up for not saying, and even for men who are less, yeah, you know, just little tiny things that you can change in your language or your attitude um, is a is a great start and a, and a massive step towards a, a world without like, the patriarchy, which is currently looking like a utopia but you know what we've got hope we've got hope we've got hope we have got
1: hope absolutely
0: that that leads us quite nicely on to um our final point i love to end on a positive so um how can we all be feminists
1: i think you know it's very i think it's very simple you know we've spoken a lot about the nuances and the intricacies of feminism but it is just simply changing your mindset to one where you are willing to change and willing to accept that Perhaps you've been um, wrong in the past, and the way you treated people has been wrong. But actually, you can change that, and you can you can be more accepting. And it's just it's just the notion that we just want equality. You know, we don't want anything else. And actually, we can all contribute to that, and we can all benefit from that. It's the realization I think for lots of people that they can benefit from feminism, and you know, it is for everybody. It's for men. It's for women. It's for it's for everybody, and. It's so important that we have everybody involved because, well, you know, if men make up half the population, we need them on our side. And men make up more than half of the positions of authority, we absolutely need them on our side. Um, so it's just, it's just being willing to accept, you know, criticism and encouragement and just, you know, having a bit of a passion for equality, and whether that's for you or for people that you know, it's just, you know, a bit of hope that we can perhaps one day live in a world where, you know, you get to 13 and you still want to be the prime minister.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. I think you're so right. It's just unlearning all those damaging behaviours and the damaging things that we say to people without really knowing that we're saying them Um, and reinforcing all those horrible gender stereotypes that the patriarchy has woven into all of our all of our you know personalities and all walks of society um I think that's so yeah and I think the, the fact that we can all benefit from you know men and women everyone in society can benefit from feminism is really important and to know that is really powerful
1: yeah completely completely agree
0: yeah oh wow so yeah go and yeah be a feminist
1: yeah everyone be a feminist yeah you don't have to burn your bra I promise we'll still let you in
0: but if you want to burn your bra then go for it absolutely go for it
1: please go for it (laughs) definitely definitely
0: um well it was lovely chatting to you Grace thank you so much for coming on Um, thank you so much
1: for having me I've loved it I haven't I get so excited about talking about feminism. So, thank we you.
0: Do. You know, I'm beaming. I had such a great time. Um, and I could talk all day, but
1: um, we don't have all day, so
0: <laughs> some other time,
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, once and COVID, if, huh? once COVID's gone, oh my gosh, yes, please, hopefully, soon. Yeah. Fingers crossed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and if anyone has any questions for Grace, um, please just um drop me a dm or um grace are you do you want to share your instagram handle or anything yeah
1: yeah i will just get it because i can't remember it (laughs) (laughs) um it is uh grace.carter i've got an extra r on the end because there's lots of people with my name and then the kiss (laughs) (laughs) and i can
0: tag you in the in, in the instagram post as well brilliant thank you yeah well it was lovely speaking to you and um we'll chat soon thank you very much thanks for having me what a fabulous and uplifting conversation on feminism and its history. We can all be feminists. How exciting is that? How will you choose to challenge this International Women's Day is my question to all of, the, all of you who listening to this podcast. What are you going to do as a woman to further the fight for gender equality? Or what, is, what are you going to do as a man to be a feminist and uplift the women in your life? please, please choose to challenge this International Women's Day. I just love that our final episode of Topical Insights finished on such a strong and powerful note. I had so much fun creating and running this series entitled Topical Insights. I hope you've all enjoyed listening as much as I have enjoyed making the series. Once again, if you have been affected by any of the issues covered in this series, please remember to reach out to a trusted friend or family member, or a charity that provides support for the particular issue. A massive thank you to all of my amazing special guests in this series for their incredible inspir- insights and expert knowledge. I am truly, eternally grateful, and just think that you've all been incredible. Thank you to all my wonderful listeners who constantly tune in and give me all the valuable feedback that you do. I genuinely appreciate every message or WhatsApp that I get about the podcast. Stay tuned for more information to come on series three which I'm launching soon and I've already started recording some of the episodes for. It's going to be a good one. As always, if you have any questions about anything that this episode has covered or any episode in the series, please DM the Instagram or tag us in your stories. I will endeavour to answer all of your questions on the Instagram or maybe in series three. If you've liked this episode, please let me know and share it with your friends and subscribe to Virago Voices on Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor or whatever platform you're listening on. Thank you and stay safe. Bye.